This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Glimsdahl, and I want to welcome you to the Press One for Nick podcast. I am excited to introduce you to Paul Casserole. Paul is the Director of Customer Care at Ultra Mobile. He is the co-host of Fireside Chats Without the Fires. It's a podcast. Uh, Paul, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Nick, thank you so much. I'm ecstatic of being on, on as, as one of your guests on Press One for Nick. I think you're doing a wonderful show and the quality and the caliber of guests you've had before me, because I'm sure I bring the quality down, has been, has been out of this world, mate. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah, but I don't think that is true, but there's also not as many people that have a cool accent like you do. So it, it actually <laughs> tears it back up. So I could be saying rubbish, but because of my accent, people go, oh my God, he sounds intelligent. Yeah, he that. sounds <laughs> brilliant. And I only said brilliant because he has the accent, not because I've ever used that word before. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll test that theory out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and actually I didn't, I didn't uh, prep you for this question to uh, semi forgot, but one thing I do, um, I ask a question to every guest. Uh, okay. What's one thing that people might not know about Paul? And it could be, I'll give you a few examples. So like, um, Shep Hyken, he plays adult yeah, hockey. Yeah. Um, there's uh Derek Gaunt. He, uh, is the, um, hostage negotiator he do, now does consulting he loves classical music and that's how he oh, concentrates wow. so stuff like that like what's one thing um i i can see the the the, the games in the background um but what's <laughs> one thing paul uh does or has a talent of that people might not know wow nick um i wouldn't say i have a talent but when i get the opportunity i love to cook um, I'm not a very good cook at all, but when I get when I get the chance to, which very happens very rarely these days, I do like to, you know, try it out. Let's say, and I just got recently back from the UK, um, and I was able to test out my cuisine skills with my daughter, and thankfully she's still alive, um, and she did enjoy she did she did enjoy a couple of the dishes. So yeah, when I get the opportunity, I, I like to. But I'm one of these cooks. I, I'm not very I'm not very tidy when I'm cooking. I'm I'm just I'm proper speedy Gonzalez. I just go through everything. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's something people may not know about me. So how about that? That's great. And if you could make one last meal, what would it be? Well, I don't know if I would make one last meal. I, what, for my last meal, I would have my grand's bread and butter pudding. Um, if you guys, do you, do you know what bread and butter pudding is? No. Are you familiar with that? No. So in the UK, bread and butter pudding is a staple um, in any household. And it's, it was one of these puddings that came about during the wartime, I think, based on rations. So it's very simple. It's, it's bread, butter, <laughs> the clues in the title, right? Um, homemade, homemade custard and some, normally some raisins or some sultanas and then topped with nutmeg. You put it in the oven, 20 minutes, comes out. It is, well, when my gran used to make it, uh, superb. So I think that would be my last meal. If I was having to cook a meal um when i was back in the uk recently i learned how to do proper fish and chips 
uh, odd, yeah, at home. And the fish was the fish was superb in the proper batter and everything. So yeah, there you go. That's awesome. I I know how to order a proper fish and chips, but I do not know <laughs> how to make a proper fish and chips. <laughs> so, I, I said to, I said to Darcy, my daughter, said, when I was back, um, let's not order any takeout, no takeout for six weeks. But if you want a meal that you'd normally have, maybe pizza or something like that from a takeout, then we'll cook it. So yeah. that's that's what we did. Yeah. So we did fried chicken. We did fish and chips. We had some very poor pizza <laughs> pizza tries to be honest with you but there we go <laughs> that's great uh so um one thing i mentioned in the title is that you are a co-host of fireside chats without the fires it's a podcast um and and uh explain to uh my listeners a, a little bit about what you guys are doing you, you guys are killing it having some great guests Thank on you. And, um, you know, uh, highly recommend you listen to my podcast first, uh, all the listeners, <laughs> and then you, I highly recommend you take that time and, and subscribe to those guys and download and, and take a listen to. Yeah, 100% agree. Do Nick first, then come to us. So yeah, fireside <laughs> chats without the fires. We, Neil and I started this March time during the COVID epidemic when it really first kicked in. And really what we wanted to do, the whole, the whole premise of the podcast really is to talk about customer experience and BPO world. Um, my background is predominantly in customer experience and BPO, and obviously Neil, he has his own contact center. So we thought we'd, we, we would start it from that. We've been very lucky in terms of the quality of guests. We've had some wonderful guests on, including yourself. So thank you very much. Um, so yeah, it's really getting thought leaders, experts on to share what their opinion or what their views are of customer experience well then we have a little bit of fun on there we give opportunities for people to call out you know customer experience heroes of the week and we also try to bust some myths and that's possibly one of my favorite parts of the podcast when people come on and go do you know what? this isn't true um so yeah that, that that's how it came about and we've been, you know, been so fortunate we're close to 2000 downloads so yeah, really happy really happy with how it's going and thanks for the support yeah absolutely it's um it's been fun to listen the 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 myths versus facts. It's always fun to kind of <laughs> dig in, and, and I can I can hear your passion in the conversation. Thank um, you. you. You truly are uh, fired up about what you do. So continue that success. Thank you very much. It, it means a lot to Neil and myself, and the fact that we're getting. I never thought March two thousand and twenty. I never thought I'd be on a your podcast saying I've got an audience. Who who thought that? Right. So yeah, it's amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If you told me March, 2020, that you would be on my podcast, I, I would say what <laughs> podcast? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so one thing that uh, we had talked about uh, a little bit is uh, when it comes to a contact center team, there's a lot of management or managers that consider them only employees, right? There's a lot of them yeah. that potentially consider them, um, um, maybe family. Um, but what does Paul, when they, when you think of a contact center team, what's the best way that they should be thinking of, of their team? That, that's a great question. There's, there's many, there's many onion layers there, Nick, that I'm sure we'll get into as we go through the podcast. Um, in my humble opinion, I think you or the managers out there run, run a bit of a risk if they start to see their team as family. And the reason I say that is, mm -hmm you can't always be honest with family if they're doing something wrong. And there is a degree where you don't necessarily have that level of accountability, right? 
So that, that for me is the biggest differential. When you look at a sports team, regardless of what sport, whether it's American football or in my, you know, in, in, in my world, rugby or football or whatever it is, mm-hmm. everybody has a role that they have to play. And everybody has their own KPIs that you can't pass on to anybody else. Um, so that, in my opinion, that's why a leader should look at it as a team, as a sports team. And yes, you've got to have the camaraderie shit, but you get that anyway in a sports team where everybody's, you know, they're, they're all going for the same goal, that they're in it together. So in my, in my opinion, it's difficult, but you shouldn't look at it as family. You should look at it as teams. And within that team, everybody has their own defined role. There's a story that I hate sharing because it's, it comes from when England, and I'm Welsh, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the England. Mm-hmm. But England, two, England 2003 won the Rugby World Cup. They unfortunately knocked Wales out in the semi-final stage. So it's quite a sore subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of their team players, a guy by the name of Will Greenwood, he did a book on his whole rugby experience. Um, out of that book, he came out with, so somebody asked him, said, how did you know that you were going to win that game? He said, because I knew the person to my left and the person to my right were going to do their job, which meant I just had to focus on what I was doing. So I was laser focused on my own goal and my own KPIs. And I think ultimately that sums up what a team, regardless of the industry, is is all about. Mm. Does that help? Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Um, And, you know, when you actually think through that um, and, and having it, comparing it to your family, um, you can't pick your family. Uh, you can't, right. You, you also, like you said, you know, telling, telling them the truth sometimes hurts. Sometimes you, you tell it and, and, and it's not the right thing to do, but, uh, with a sports team, uh, the reason why, another reason why I like that analogy is you get to pick that team and it's not going to be all, all the people that are exactly like Paul, but it's everybody that's exactly fit for that specific role to create your elite team. And, you know, uh, I I think that's important because if, if everybody was like, Paul, you have strengths and you have weaknesses that wouldn't work on specific roles, you would get it done because you're Paul. But, um, you know, you want to make sure that you have uh, the person that's uh, best fit for that role. And so, um, you know, every, regardless of the team, if it's rugby or football or um, anything, um, if somebody who is the kicker is now going to be replaced with somebody who's the nose tackle, it's not going to work because <laughs> not they're not elite in that role, even though they're elite football players. Exactly. Exactly. And, and there's something else about the team ethos. Um, when I was coming through the ranks through the contact center world, I was always told as a lead, as a team leader, you have to get buy-in from your team. And I push back a little bit on this because I just didn't like the terminology. I always felt that buy-in meant, at some, Paul, at some point, Paul's going to lie to me or he's going to tell me something that isn't true, right? Just, just from the whole word of what buy-in means. My personal choice was I, I wanted the guys to believe in me. So it wasn't, it wasn't a buy-in. It was more of a belief system um, that we were in this together. We were, you know, we were in the trenches together and we were all plugging and all pulling the same way for the same goal. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I looked at it as well. And... and- that they believed in you, does that come down to trust? hundred percent, a hundred percent. It comes down to trust. And, um, the way that that's built is if you say you're going to do something, something for somebody, you do it. 
right? You go ahead and do it. And it's, it's very much like the, the customer experience world, right? If you say you're going to call somebody back in 24 hours, mm-hmm. you better call that person back within 24 hours. And it's exactly the same from a, a team leader perspective, whether that's, and it could be a simple thing is making sure that the agent of the, 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 your team member gets mm-hmm. coached when they say they get coached or that you process their holiday request. Or that they did, they said they'd call in if they couldn't be sick, or whatever, or you know, when they were going to be sick. All those things ultimately, even though they're small, add up to this big thing that I guess people would call trust or credibility. And the moment you've lost that from any team member, it spreads like wildfire. There's, there's two circles in the contact center world, right? There's the positive circle and the negative circle. Mm. The positive circle takes a hell of a lot of work to get on, but when you're on it as a team, it's, it's, it's the best feeling. The negative circle, it takes a split second to get on it. And then it's so difficult to get, to get back from the positive side. So yeah, if, if there's a leader, you're saying you're going to do this, then by hook or by crook, you've got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to trust too, and just building the relationship, if, if we had a 30 year relationship uh, working collectively together and we've built a strong enough trust together, even though I may or may not have dropped the ball sometime, I have had enough credibility built up in our relationship where it's going to be like, Hey, you know what? Yeah, you did screw up. However, I have all of this other experience with you where it looks like um, you're not going to do it again. And that was just something that uh, was out of character. But if somebody happened to do it twice in a row in the same week and they've only been uh, 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 had a relationship with you as a as an employee for a month. That's a totally different conversation that you're having. Yeah, and it's the same the other way around as a leader, right? If if you if you damage that relationship, then it's very difficult. It's very difficult to pull it back on. Hundred percent agreement. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and you know, just thinking through that, it's the same thing with your customers. If of course. Right. If you treat them like garbage at the very beginning and, and continue to not set or or exceed expectations, um, they're going to find somebody else who does. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's. I know we're talking about team leader, but ultimately, or or as, as a team management within the BPO world, it's completely correct when you talk. It's about the customer experience. You know, it's about holding yourself to what you said you'd do for the customer, right? And then the moment you've built that trust and the customer is more likely to A, stay with you for a long time and B, believe what you're gonna do, right? And ultimately, mm-hmm. Nick, um, customers just want SH1T that works. That's all they want, right? And it doesn't take much to go from mediocrity to wowing, in, unfortunately, in this day and age. So. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes.
Yeah. I mean, with, with all of these sports now um, coming up and, and starting back up, it's um, everybody's trying to, to win something. If it's the Stanley cup, if it's, you know, the, yeah. the ho- hoisting of any cup, and I don't know what the rugby world champion cup looks like. And, and you're going to, you're going to berate me probably after the call. Like, how dare you? Um, however, like, how do you get your team members to go from mediocre and they went five and five last year to yeah. having a 10 and 0 record or, or the, uh, or the equivalent inside the call center where they become elite and and it kind of what you said was going back to being accountable or doing what you say you are but um what else is there um i think in the bpo world or any type of leadership world it ultimately comes down to i know people say it over and over again but it does it just comes down to not just it's the wrong word i don't want to undersell it it comes down to coaching it comes down to you sitting down with with your team leaders comes down to coaching and development right in terms of where they can improve in the call and they're always there'll always be an opportunity for improvement right there, there always is um so if, in my opinion again it's only my opinion the way to achieve that 10 and 10 and 0 record is simply by simply again is, is understanding that is by sitting down with the with with the agent with your rugby player with your american football player i'm sorry i only know quarterback as a position in american football yeah, i apologize you're good um <laughs> but sitting down with those people and talking through where their opportunities are, where their, you know, yeah, where their opportunities are, and, and ultimately where their challenges are and how they can improve. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's that, that's how I'd answer that question. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that creating creating that um, honesty and then the the transparency and saying, hey, this is where we can collectively improve. Um, and I think every sports team kind of going back to that analogy is needs to be motivated. Um, and, and throughout, if, if somebody gets injured or, you know, you're, you're mid season or you're in the fourth quarter or whatever halftime, uh, somebody sometimes uh, needs a little bump uh, in motivation. Yep. So how do you, uh, Paul, motivate your, your team members um, to help them get past that, that next stage or, or give them that, you know, not necessarily a promotion, but give them that, the, um, the, the attaboys. The boost, right? Yeah. yeah the attaboys. Yeah. Say this is, this is where, uh, I'm, I'm been, I'm proud of you. I, I'm very excited where we're at and here's how we can improve. It, it depends on the person. It can't be a one size fits all, right? You'll get some, you'll have some people who respond to the fatherly approach, the arm around the shoulder. And I know that sounds contradictory to, the family it's not as, as a team leader you still need to be able to understand how to get the best out of your staff right so you need that the, the some people respond to that the, the 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 more of a kind of a softly approach where you put the arm around the person you speak to them if they're having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month other people funnily enough respond to the hair dry treatment as we call it in the uk at half time you're getting shouted out for not performing so it really is dependent on the type of person and when I was a team leader, I used to have a file called the hopes and fears file, right? So I'd get to know all my team members, not from a performance perspective, but from a personal perspective in terms of, you know, the family life, whether they had kids, what their interests were. And it would just simply sit on my desk so that if I needed to, if I could see that Nick was struggling, for example, 
I'd have a quick look at the hopes and fears. Oh, so Nick was going, Nick had a, a family day on Saturday. Let's see how, you know, let's see how that went. Maybe something happened there that he's, he's not, he's not himself. Also, as a team leader, you need to be so switched on to what's happening within your team. And one of the best lessons I ever learned from um, one of my old bosses was keep an eye on what people are wearing. So if somebody is normally quite bubbly and all of a sudden, and wears bubbly colors like yellow or bright red or something like that, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden starts coming to work in maybe dark tones, then something's changed. Something's happened to them, and that's when you need to go right. So let's 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 turn it to one side. Let's find out what's going on. So, as as a team leader, you need to be a chameleon. I guess you need to be able to chop and change your roles and swap your different hats around. Does that help? Yeah. No, I like that. Um, the one thing that I heard you say though was, um, uh, and explain it to me a little bit because I, I didn't. I get it, but yeah. um, maybe some clarification is the hairdryer at halftime. Um, and what, what does that, does that mean? Like, Hey, you know, just letting you know, Paul, halftime, uh, this didn't work out. So you're going to ride the bench uh, the second half. Well, not so much ride the bench. So um, particularly in football, if you've had a soccer, right. So at halftime, if you've had a shocking first half, Mm -hmm. where nothing's gone right and the game plan has completely gone out the window, you are more than likely going to get shouted at by the team, the manager, right? And what we say when we say a hairdryer treatment is you have to imagine that manager as the hairdryer <laughs> who shouts at you. So the player's hairs are being blown back, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what, that's what I mean when I say hairdryer treatment. So. That's, that's funny. It reminds me of the picture. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the guy in the lawn chair sitting and it's got this massive speaker in front of him and his hair is just like flowing backwards. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, uh, so uh, I guess on that, um, how do you treat a team member um, when they're not meeting expectations? Because if, what what you said uh, uh, with the with the was it the rugby player or the soccer player, uh, where yeah. you're looking to the left and you're looking to the right and you're saying, I know that they're going to do their job. Um, yeah. So what happens when you look to the left and look to the right and one of them isn't carrying their weight? How do you come to that team member and say, Hey man, uh, just letting you know that you know here's our ultimate goal. Here's what your goal was and at the beginning of the year. Um, it looks like we're, we're a little bit off track or what, what does that conversation look like for you or, or a recommended conversation uh, for others? I thought you were going to give me an easy ride on the podcast. <laughs> I was, I was mistaken. Hey, hey, you know, you guys drilled me with questions. I, I had to at least throw it back a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. So again, you're, you, you are, you are nine times out of 10 going to have a team member that isn't performing for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Right. And the sooner that you identify that as a team leader, the better, because the longer that, that performance doesn't, the performance continues in that vein, it has a negative impact on the whole team, not just that one person. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when a team member isn't performing, regardless, the other team members know they're not performing. They know if they're having a bad day. And by default, the confidence level as, 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 a, as, a, as a team member starts to dip in the in in the team member that's having the issues so i think as a leader a you've got to identify it quickly b then you've got to look at extenuating circumstances is that outside of work is there anything else happening 
with the, this team member? Is there anything that be, could be causing issues at home or whatever mm -hmm. it be? I know it sounds maybe a little bit too personal, but as a team lead, you need to get to that level to understand what makes your team member tick. Then if there's nothing happening or after you've done that, that's when you'll take the person to the one side and then talk them through, right? And again, this is the bit that the good or the great team leaders know how to handle it, whether it is an arm around the shoulder or whether it is the hair dryer treatment, right? And sometimes you may have tried to approach with the arm around the shoulder and it's not worked. Then as a leader, you need to both be bold enough and then go, right, previous experience means that this hasn't worked for me, so now I've got to have to change my approach. And I guess the conversation holistically would be along the lines of, hey, Nick, see you're struggling at the moment. This is where you were last month. This is where you are this month. Mm -hmm. This is the big goal. This is your contribution. You can see in your previous performance that you can do it. So let's talk about what opportunities or what challenges you think you have right now and where I can help you achieve it. I've always found from a, from a leadership perspective, it's always better to give the person the opportunity to speak and share their concerns rather than going in and saying, Nick, I know exactly what's wrong with you. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Do this and it'll be fixed. Mm. That's, in, in my opinion, again, that's not the right way to manage or get the best out of your stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, was it? Yeah, no, I love that because, um, and, and we were talking about um, uh, Derek Gaunt, uh, previous guest, and he mentions, um, don't ask the question why, ask instead of the why change it to a what and so instead of saying um hey paul why are you not hitting your metrics and you're like immediately it's defensive right and exactly. and you're like listen man i'm gonna put up my boxing gloves and let's 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 roll <laughs> um but instead you're saying hey it looks like you you dropped on your metrics a little bit the last two months what made you you know yeah. what what are the circumstances that you're feeling or what are you going through that are, are contributing to these uh, metric drops. That conversation is now changed. Um, just 100%. by saying a, a one extra word or one word that's now replaced with a why versus a what. Um, yeah, 100%, that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, so um, it's, uh, it, was, it was interesting when I hear that. Um, you know, when, when it comes to sports teams also, and I'm going to keep on this at least for one more question, but, um, it, but they are constantly meeting. They are constantly communicating. They are constantly driving towards that ultimate goal. Uh, when it comes to a team within the contact center, um, how often should contact center leaders be communicating with their, um, their team members, their sports team? In my opinion, you can never really put a, a, a target on that, right? You, 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 it's, it's impossible because the more communication just helps. And I know the normal situation or the normal role is 15 minutes before shift, you have a team meeting, right? And then maybe, yeah, maybe have a debrief after. But that doesn't mean that from start to end of shift, you don't speak to your team. It's not like you switch off. You're giving your direction at the start of shift. You're explaining where everybody wants to go. And at the end of shift, you then... Um, you then break it down, right? You then review it and see where you are to, to, to set the target. But that doesn't mean that, Nick, I've told you what you're going to do, or this is what I want from you. I'll see you in eight hours. It doesn't work like that, right? Because we're ultimately dealing with human beings and things change on a, sometimes it's a minute to minute basis in the contact center world. So you have to be completely engaged 
with your staff at, at all times. So Nick, it's wrong to tell you how much because I don't think there's a limit. And certainly you've got to be meeting at least to start with once, if not twice a day with the whole collective. But that yeah. would be my, that would be my style. Because you see it even in, in like for me for football and rugby terms, because mm -hmm. those are my two sports, always you get the coach on the sidelines constantly giving directions because things change in a day. Somebody, you know, things change during the game. Somebody might get injured. Somebody might be having a poor game, whatever it would be. So it's constant, constant communication. And again, as a leader, you need to understand what type of communication methods suit your teams. So it's a poor example, um, but there's a lot of international players now playing in the English Premier League. So you can have an Argentinian, you can have um, somebody from Spain, for example, or somebody from France and, and somebody from England playing on the same team. The majority of coaches now will speak different languages to help them talk with the staff, uh, to help them talk with their team members and get the most out of it. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting to walk into a contact center world and, and speak to a team leader who's multilingual, but you can flip that around and say, right, so mm -hmm. what are the beliefs and what are the, the interests that Nick has so that I can engage in a conversation with him that isn't simply about, Nick, you're 60% the target man, come on, right? It has right. to be a lot more, it has to be elongated. Isn't it? Yeah. No, that's great. And, and I think we could probably continue this conversation uh, into the future, maybe off the podcast, but uh, we, we get any, get any longer, we're going to have to play, uh, play life or monopoly as we talk through it. But, um, so Paul, I have two questions uh, for every guest that's on the podcast. Okay. And the, the first question is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second question is if you could leave a note to all the customer service representatives and it hit everybody's desk, uh, or a pop up all at the same time, Monday at 8am, what would it say? Okay, let's do the, the second one first, because that was a complete curveball. And I've, I've spent the last couple of days thinking about it. Um, and I went through everything, right? All the, 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 the other boys, everything. And I think what I ultimately come up with is what we were speaking to, what we were speaking about earlier was, if you said you're going to do something, do it. So I guess it's just being authentic to the customer's needs. That's, that's something that I think I would, I would leave. And I'd like to think that that's how people see me in my current role. They may not, <laughs> they may not at all, but that, that's how I'd like to think. Um, in terms of books, I'm fascinated with the brain. Um, it, it just amazes me that this thing here, I'm pointing to my head. Most people think my brains are in my feet. They're not, they're, they are in my head. Um, in terms of what it does and the capability it has. And it's the only organ that's named itself, right? Everything else is, it's just a bizarre, I love it. And I've started to read a lot of books over the last couple of years about how the brain works. And I'm not from any type of medical profession or anything like that. So some of the technology or terminology was going a little bit over my head, I'll be honest with you. Um, this year, I stumbled across, and I'm sure you've heard of him. I think we actually may have had this conversation on LinkedIn, Jim Quick. Jim Quick's book, Limitless, is a fascinating book in terms of, not the, I don't know if the power of the brain is the right terminology, but in terms of what you can do to improve your brain and just, just what it's capable of. I Honestly, anybody out there, Jim Quick, Limitless, what a fantastic book. And he breaks it down for me, 
because I'm not the smartest tool in the box. He breaks it down in very easy to read and very easy to understand segments and, and words. So yeah, that, that, would, that, was, uh, that would be my book recommendation. There you go. Nice. No, great, great information. Uh, Paul, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Is it, uh, you know, I think you can go to, go to LinkedIn and it's uh, Paul Cathrell. So uh, yeah. P-A-U-L. Uh, yeah. And it's Cathrell. You want me to spell this in? You want me to spell it? No, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get it. C-A-T-H-E-R-A-L-L. Correct. Right. Go to LinkedIn. And then you can go to Fireside Chats without the fires dot uh podbean.com yeah podbean.com we've also got a linkedin page for fireside chats and um i can also be found on twitter at paulcat72 um and normally at paulcat72 will find me across most if not all social media platforms Uh, and nick if you don't mind i would like to give a quick shout out to my new venture the podcast coach um so anybody out there that's looking to start or get involved in podcasting um, you can find us across all social media platforms, the Podcast Coach. Our website is podcastcoach.site. So please feel free to reach out. We can have a chat and we can hopefully help you achieve your podcast dream. Have some of that. There you go. There you go. I have already picked uh, Paul's brain a few times of, of things that he's doing, some of the content that he's uh, putting out there, some of the pictures and creative that he's done. So um, if you're interested in doing a podcast, uh, give that guy, uh, a message and, and get a hold of him. But, um, you know, again, fireside chats without the fires is a great, great podcast. Go and go and connect with him and on LinkedIn and Twitter and, uh, follow the guy. I know you can't hear his voice, uh, over, over social, uh, but uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to connect with you, um, in, in the future, but Paul, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It's been a blast and uh, look forward to our future conversations. Absolutely. Nick, it's been, I've, I'm so privileged. Thank you so much, mate. You've been a wonderful guest, a wonderful host, the guest. See, that's me going back to my podcast. <laughs> You've been a wonderful host. Thank you so much. And you're doing such a great job with press one for Nick. Thank you. Hey listeners. Can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.